I confess. Reflections at Hippie Hollow after age 50. The older I get, the less ashamed and paranoid I am about my imperfect body. I am quite comfy in my skin naked, and if you're not, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have no shame, and my body does not solely exist to please others visually. Yes. Here, yes. here. Bedpost Confessions is an Austin, Texas-based live show featuring smart storytelling and anonymous confessing. Stories heard at Bedpost Confessions, as well as sister shows Unspoken and Confess, all explore themes of humor, vulnerability, and emotional justice on varying topics. No matter the topic, the highlight of any Bedpost Productions is the participation of the audience members sharing their own secrets in the form of anonymous confessions, which are read aloud during the show. I was the unofficial class clown of Ashbel Smith Elementary School in the fifth grade. My homeroom teacher, Mrs. Bussey, hated my guts. And believe me, the feelings were mutual. Mrs. Bussey had me for more hours of the day than any other teacher, and we were always at odds. She regularly threatened to march me down to the principal's office to get paddled. And sometimes she actually followed through with her threats. The three classes I had away from Mrs. Bussey were music with Ms. West, art with Mr. Battle, and PE taught by a short, round woman with a blonde bob and a whistle. I don't remember her name, but I think she may have been a friend of Dorothy, as my uncle liked to say. Music was my favorite class. I'd had more practice singing in church than engaging in any of the other secular activities that were a part of the fifth grade, and I shined. Ms. West and I got along great, and she encouraged me to take part in the talent show that was happening the, the last day uh, before Thanksgiving break. Um, you see, any fifth grader who wanted to could sing a song or play the tonette in front of the entire student body, and out of that concert, a select group of the very best performers were invited back for an afternoon encore performance for parents and other invited guests. When I told my mother about the talent show, she insisted I sing, put your hand in the hand of the man, which I'd learned at Vacation Bible School the summer before. My mother even offered to take off from work to accompany me on the piano. Now, one of the great things about this song was that it had sign language to go along with it. Not real sign language. <laughs> just some hand movements that somebody came up with in Sunday school. But nevertheless, <laughs> it was bound to make my performance stand out. It went a little something like this. Put your hand in the hand of the man who stilled the water. Put your hand in the hand of the man who calmed the sea. Take a look at yourself, and you can look at others differently by putting your hand in the hand of the man from Galilee. <laughs> Mama taught me how to pray before I reached the age of seven. Said when I'm down on my knees, that's when I'm closest to heaven. Well, Daddy lived his life with three kids and a wife. You do what you must do. 
but he taught me enough of what it takes to get you through everybody put your hand in the hand of the man who stilled the water where's your sign language put your hand in the hand of the man who calmed the sea Take a look at yourself, and you can look at others differently by putting your hand in the hand of the man from Galilee. When I finished singing, the auditorium erupted with thunderous applause. I looked off stage and saw Ms. West pulling my mother aside, and I knew she was inviting her back for the afternoon encore performance. Now, there was another talent show at the very end of the school year, and of course I planned to take part, but... Unfortunately, things didn't go as smoothly the second time around. For one thing, my mother couldn't take off from work to accompany me on the piano, and she didn't even really have any good ideas for what song I should sing. It was a real dilemma for me, and I was on my own to figure it out. Back in those days, my grandparents traveled a lot, visiting kinfolk in Louisiana and Assembly of God churches all over the place, and Whenever they got hungry on the road or needed to get gas or go to the bathroom, of course, they pulled into a Stuckey's restaurant. Sometimes they visited the Stuckey's gift shop and brought gifts back for the grandkids. Usually it was just things like uh, pecan log rolls or coconut patties or chicken sticks. But that year, right around my birthday, my grandparents brought me back a record album called Songs Truck Drivers Love. Now, I realize that a record album called Songs Truck Drivers Love might seem like an unusual choice for a 10-year-old. I figured my Nana picked it out for me because my daddy was a truck driver on weekends while he was in Bible college. Honestly, I didn't care why they got it for me since all the other records in my collection were children's albums. Songs Truck Drivers Love featured the usual fare, Roger Miller's King of the Road, Dale Reeves looking at the road, looking at the world through a windshield. But there were also some less obvious choices, such as uh, Elvis Presley's version of How Great Thou Art and some Broadway musical numbers. I'd never heard most of the songs on the album, so songs Truck Drivers Love was a real education for me. In fact, at the time, I was fond of saying, I'm not a truck driver, but I too love these songs. Now, the best part about songs truck drivers love was definitely the packaging. The front cover featured a full-color photo of the front end of an 18-wheeler, and you could see the happy truck driver behind the wheel, and he was pulling the chain to toot the horn, but it also looked like he was pointing at the big words above his head, songs truck drivers love. The back cover looked like the back end of the 18-wheeler, you know, the big metal doors that opened from the center, and the song titles were printed on the boxes inside the trailer as if they were carrying the songs that truck drivers love to truck to Stuckey's all over the world. I spent hours on the floor of my bedroom pouring over that record album and singing along with the songs. And suddenly it dawned on me that I was holding in my hands the answer to my spring talent show dilemma. I mean, obviously it wasn't an ideal situation having to sing along with a record, but... My daddy always preached that you've got to make do with what the good Lord gives you. And here was my opportunity to do just that. We lived really close to my school, so I was always the last one to leave the house every morning. And on the day of the spring talent show, after everybody else was gone, 
I dug into my closet for my denim overalls. I only ever wore these on church hayrides, but I thought they would be the perfect outfit for the song I'd picked out to sing. I dotted my cheek with magic marker freckles using my Pippi Longstocking poster as a guide. Then I grabbed songs, truck, driver's love, and I walked to school in my bare feet. When the talent show finally began and Ms. West called me to the stage, I slid the record out of its cover, handed it to her, pointed out my song. Then I sat on the edge of the stage, my feet dangling into the audience. And I sang my heart out to a Rodgers and Hammerstein song that I obviously didn't fully understand. <clears throat> it ain't so much a question that... Why did I just forget that? It ain't so much a question knowing what to do. Thank you. I know what's right and wrong since I've been 10. I heard a lot of stories, and I reckon they are true, about how girls are put upon by men. I know I mustn't fall into the pit, but when I'm with a feller, I forget. Do, do, do. I'm just a girl who can't say no. I'm in a terrible fix. Do, 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 do. I always say, come on, let's go. Just when I order say nix. When a person tries to kiss a girl, I know she ought to give his face a smack. Mm, mm. But as soon as someone kisses me, I somehow sort of want to kiss them back. I'm just a fool when lights are low. I can't be prissy and quaint. I ain't the type that can faint. How can I be what I ain't? I can't say no. And then the music stopped. I looked off stage and saw Ms. West and Mrs. Bussy holding on to opposite sides of songs, truck drivers love, tugging back and forth. And then the audience exploded with laughter. And I realized I'd done something so wrong, so shameful and embarrassing that I needed to escape. I hopped off the stage and exited through the first door I came to, setting off an alarm. Needless to say, I did not get invited back for the afternoon encore performance. But that summer, I was cast in the Baytown Boys Choir production of Tom Sawyer the Musical under the direction of none other than Ms. West, playing the role of Tom Sawyer's exasperated Aunt Polly. Thank you. Bedpost Confessions is produced by Julie Gillis, Mia Martina, and Sadie Smythe. Audio production is by Ian Danskin. Confess with us at bedpostconfessions.com. Until next time, we will leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess. I think I chafed the tip of my penis during sex? Question mark. Can that happen? I haven't wanted to ask Google. <laughs> I confess, I worked in this building before it was the ND. 
I hooked up with my coworker in this room and gave him a blowjob. Someone walked in on us, but we hid behind the stage curtain and we were never discovered. Oh, was it this one? Yeah. 